Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolves Fancast with me, your host, Gully. For this evening, we are live and recording pretty much directly after the uh, Aston Villa board. Um, I've got Adam, Jordan and Richard with me uh, to take us through what um, was almost a carbon copy of kind of the Nuno um, kind of roadmap to success, maybe. Um, Not so much success recently, but um, gentlemen, I I just want to kick us off, obviously, by starting about uh, with the lineups. Um, very much a rinse and repeat for us at the moment. But the good news uh, from a Villa perspective was the fact that Jack Grealish wasn't available for a start. Uh, Matty Cash as well, secondary uh, to that. Um, Rich, I'll come to you first. How was you feeling going into the game, having seen those lineups? To be honest, I kind of... Uh, I say this thinking I'm pretty much sure I put Wolves down for a win, but... I think I was fairly consigned that Wolves were going to get a draw. And looking at the lineup, I think as we sort of said pre Newcastle game, very sort of similar vibes. That yeah, we will do okay, but we're not going to set the game alight. And you know, there's still a question mark about how we're going to produce um, chances and to win the game. Obviously, it was great. I say great. Um, it was fortunate for, for Wolves that Grealish wasn't fit enough to play. Um, I'd have been interested to have seen how Villa would have lined up um, without with Grealish in the side and sort of how that would have changed the game. Because I thought they did a lot down the flanks, which I kind of wasn't expecting. And, you know, Grealish kind of floats around the pitch. And I'd been interested to sort of see how we'd have changed to match that. So in terms of the Wolves lineup, it, it pretty much writes itself at the moment which isn't necessarily a good thing given our kind of striking options at the moment, I guess. Yeah, I think... Yeah, um, like yeah, I say, uh, go on, Adam, sorry. Yeah, I was, was going like, to tack on to that as well and say that we've kind of almost returned to where we were before with Nuno and that the team just kind of picked itself. Granted that the Man City game was a bit of an outlier for that but and that was different circumstances. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, apart from, say when and where Bolly comes back in, it seems as though every every position is pretty much set now, to be honest. So whereas like I remember like, a couple of months ago the, the, the team news used to be a bit of a Nuno Tom Bowler, didn't it? He was going where, but we all sit, seem to have settled back into this this, this settled mm-hmm. settled side now. Um I, I was I was the same as Rich. I mentioned on, on your Insta live for the match goal as well that I was happy that Grealish wasn't playing and also surprised that the Barkley wasn't playing earlier, but then obviously he come out during the game. He's got his own fitness issues as well, and they're two. They're probably most creative players as well. So to have them both not not playing, I, I was really confident going into the game. To be honest, I was really really confident because again, I'd said Barkley's the kind of guy that has one good game in five or six. So would it be? Sod's law that he has that game against us, but even then, that was out, that was partly at the equation because he didn't he didn't start as well. So yeah, but pre pre kickoff, I was I was I really was confident going to the game. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there was um, <clears throat> it gave us a sense of optimism that we pro- might not have had prior to, to seeing those lineups. And um, one thing that might not look so good, and we've done it on a couple of occasions now, George, was the fact that we only used eight of our, our nine. Substitution uh, allocated some slots um, again. 
Um, conspicuous by his absence was Owen Otisawi. Do you think um, that might have had anything to do with the, the mistake he made against City? Who knows? I, I don't think I don't think it'd be as harsh as that. I don't think Nuno's that ruthless, to be honest with you. But it, it does strike a little bit of a chord, doesn't it? When you you know we're struggling to get the quota out. Um, the reality is, you could put me and you on the bench, and we won't get we won't come on the pitch anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered. Could have offered it as a Twitter competition. You know, he, he's very regimented in who he who wants to pick. And reality is, we, we've got a squad of 14, 15 that he actually trusts and relies on. Um, Maybe that's a way of making the, the rest of the season quite interesting, just getting fans onto the bench for yeah. the rest of the season. A good old Twitter competition. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few on yeah. Twitter. I've not seen a Wolf shirt. I'm warming up anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but, in all, but in all seriousness, um, I do think it's down to the... Isn't there something to do with like the under-23s and the first-team squad being kept separate for, obviously, COVID regulations? And if they pick one out of the under-23s, they've got to basically test them and get you know it's probably not worth throwing like a Theo Corbino on the on the bench or good old Nige is it because A it's just all that COVID stuff and B they're not going to get on the pitch anyway so that might have been it that seems like a horribly reasonable answer though I much prefer you know a speculative one for one which has been really sort of fought out and things like that I'm no I, in my head he has been binned off just because, you know, he got thrown in at the deep end on the last week. And you know what? He has washed his hands with him. Not that there's, you know, probably some quite sensible COVID protocols in place. He's already, he's already, he's already been given his directions to grasshoppers training ground, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 it'd, be, it'd be great. If there was some, um, if there's some kind of some other use that would be the, the, the use for the um their prison cells it's uh, molly don't they for um, any misdemeanors from from the stands yeah so imagine yeah. Marcus Fowl is not locked up in the molly new prison cell just because of that that <laughs> error um and, and uh, for the foreseeable future shall we say um now as is um the way for, for wolves at the moment we made a pretty slow start and villa had the better of the game just half um, in its entirety, really. Um, and two big moments being Watkins shot from distance and uh, Esri Consa having a, a decent shot from inside the six-yard box almost that, that hit the bar as well. Now, what what are we going to do about this? Because I'm slowly running out of content for my GTA now. Um, so I'd like you to help me out. <laughs> Let me just get my tactics board just here and I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. I mean... To be fair, this this, sec- this first half, second half, Wolves shenanigans, it's not a new phenomenon, is it? And this has been going on for, what, at least the last two seasons. Um, it, was just an, it was just never a problem before when we actually managed to grind out a result, a bit like a 1-0 or a 2-1 win. But <laughs> now that we're struggling, it's, it's magnified a bit more. I mean, even... It, it seemed as though even the manager and their captain can't even explain it. So what chance of, what chance have we got to try and explain what's going on? I don't know. I, it's hard to put your finger on it. Is it a mentality issue? Are we going out and not playing as to, to the level that we can first half? But then I don't know what, what could possibly get said of a second half where we just suddenly change and become a completely different animal second half. It's just, it's just baffling, and the stats are there to see. This has happened ever since we got promoted. I think Sky took the stats up earlier, didn't they? That yeah. something like 66 percent or sixty five, something, something like that. So, something like two thirds of our goals are coming in the second half, 
And mm. when you that, that's that's literally three se- almost three seasons worth of dates in there that, that, that they're taking that from. So it's not just like an immediate thing that's where it, you know. Just, yeah, the yeah, stats are the same, like pretty much exactly the same proportions. I think it's like since we've got promoted, we average about thirty-eight percent possession in the first half, sixty-six in the second. And, and I don't, I don't for one minute imagine that Nino is saying, "Let's just take the first half and like, let's just feel him out for the first half," because it just not doesn't. Does, I'm sure it just doesn't work that way. That's just such a laxative yeah. way of looking at it. I hear you. I hear you. And. I'm sure it's not a, a, a discreet instruction that, that that's what they're suggesting. But, I mean, when you see Cody in his interview say, you know, it's got to stop, it's got to stop, I find I, I, I don't know where, where to go with that because I think, well, it's happened. So it's, it's, not, it's more than a coincidence now. It just mm-hmm. can't be the case that, you know, like you say, three seasons worth of data we have to analyse here. Um, so, I, I mean, I probably would put it down to us being quite the active side and we seem to go out on the pitch with an idea of how the team the opposition might play and then they seem to surprise us maybe and, and we're, we're just slow catching up and then by the time half time comes around you can put a couple of plans in place maybe that you you wouldn't necessarily been able to do um, pre-match but Jordan I don't know if you've got any um, any ideas on how to stop this weird rot of, of, of shoddy frankly yeah, first half performances no, it's just not good enough, is it? And I think that there's, for me, and, you know, I know there's a lot of Nuno in, Nuno out and all that sort of stuff. And I'm still very much firmly being of the opinion that, you know, I want to keep him in. I feel like he needs to be backed in the summer and, you know, give him another, you know, give him six months next season. Let's judge him when we've got a full squad and all that sort of stuff. Recruitment's been poor for five windows. We've got, you know, we're treading over old ground. But for me... You know, I'll come on at half time on the Insta Live and I'm I'm angry with it all now. It's getting to a point where it's actually making me angry because there's a fine line for me between pragmatism and being negative. And you know, there's nothing wrong with being pragmatic because it's very system you know, it's methodical, systematic, and you can win football games that way. Athletic Madrid, prime example, winning La Liga, Simeone, seven, eight years, results, you know, punching above the weight if you were against the big boys. And always growing out results. Arguably, we've been doing that for the you know first two seasons we've been in the Prem. You know, people say we overachieve, and I think that is because we've got a very pragmatic approach and it's structured. And yeah, sometimes it's not enthralling, but it's you know it's pragmatic and we've got a system and it's, it does work for us. So why change the process? This season, for me, we, for me, it's gone. Ne- well, I think we're too negative now. I don't even think it's pragmatism now. I can't even put it down to that. I just feel like. We fear everyone we play. Like we don't. Why don't we let teams fear us? Like everyone we play against, it's almost like right. We're going to feel you out for half an hour. We're playing on such fine margins that you know you conceded an early goal. And what when Raúl went got his head injury, we conceded what third, first goal thirteen games in a row or something. That's where the pragmatism goes out the window. And you know Southampton was a prime one. You got a lot of people on Twitter at the end of the game. We were 1-0 down at half-time. We got played off the park and we won 2-1 and everyone's like, Nuno's the Messiah and stuff. And for me, yeah, this is where you've got to be tricky. I'm not slagging Nuno off or anything, but that was, it was hand was forced then. We just let the shackles off of our creative players and we could have scored 3-4-5 against Southampton and that was the model of how we should have been from that Southampton game throughout now. That Villa, game, Villa team today without Grealish, there's nothing to fear. We're better than them on paper. I'm not being funny. We are. So why are we 
well, we're sitting back and giving them initiative. If we'd have gone at, you know, Elmer Hammond and Target versus Troy or Ray Neto, come on. Like, there's, there should be one winner every day of the week. And I'm not being funny, maybe for the 90 minutes, certainly for the first 45 minutes. Elmer Hammond hasn't had an easier game in his Aston Villa career. I thought Troy Ray was dreadful, and I'm a big fan of Troy Ray, but yeah, it's got to change. I know what Cody said. It has to change because I think we've gone, we've slipped now from being a pragmatic team who won football games to we're quite nervous, quite negative, and quite reluctant to take any initiative in for me. And it's yeah. got to change big time. It has got to. You mentioned Troy Ray and Neto there. Um... The, the inversion of the wingers has been uh, a bit of a plus point for us recently. Um, Rich, I don't think it quite went to plan today, did it? No, I, I talked about it in um, my uh, post-match reaction video, actually. Um, ironically, even before we uh, we had this on the running order, which was fortunate. But for me, I, I, I like the idea of it um, because we're so weak in the centre of the park at the moment that... We need to be able to draw, have our arguably our our two most effective and impactful players, or who have most potential impact in Traore. How can you get them to create chances? That that that's the number one question that we've got to ask of Neto and Traore. How how can they create chances, goals or assists? And if Neto's just stuck out on the flank, he becomes less effective. So I can see the benefit of playing him on the right because he's got the opportunity to cut inside. He can just play that extra, you know, five yards, you know, for almost being from the flank to being in the channel. And it, it ideally it works like that. And I think it's worked for the last couple of games. It's given opposition more chance to think about it. It didn't really work today. Um, I think just because they weren't trying to look inside a lot more, whether it was Jose being a bit lost again um but i think a lot of it and it loops back to the overarching issues of wolves is the lack of intent a lot of the time it feels like that it, if you've got Neto on the right he is our most dangerous player he's been our best player this season i think we could all pretty much agree on that so why wouldn't we almost have it set up that almost every opportunity we can have it's to get him to lay the ball off to Jose and for him to make a diagonal run inside and see if he can cause issues. And even if that opens up Smedo on the right, and I thought Smedo did well today. Um, I mean, I'm a big Smedo fan anyway. I like love the way he carries the ball out of defence. But I think if you're playing inverted wingers as well, you need to have those fullbacks. You know, you need to have someone to occupy the space when they go inside. And again, it's these, it's a nice idea. And the logic sound behind it, but it's just that follow through to the nth degree the, and the commitment we just seem to be missing. And it's been like that for, well, the entire season. Yeah, I think that the one thing I noticed was that despite them playing on the wrong sides, in inverted commas, they still were hugging the touchline, generally speaking, Neto and Traore, with Johnny and Tomato almost taking that position inside of them yeah. um, when the ball got forward. and. If you're going to play them inside, uh, on the wrong side, sorry, I think you need their starting positions to be more tucked in and let the wing-backs go out and occupy that wider space. And I think then you'll see a little bit more from them in the more dangerous parts of the pitch. But I think with Neto and Traore, Nuno almost looks at them as, as a risk, as much of a 
a luxury and a bit of a, a bit of a plus point because they're also the most likely players to lose the ball for us at the end of the day. And if they're doing it out on the touchline rather than in the middle of the park, we're far less likely to be broken on. And I, I honestly think that he has that in the back of his mind whenever he's setting up the team. Um, so, like again, yeah, we we always seem to come back to this theme of Nuno being quite a, a, a negative um, handbrake on manager. Um, so nil nil at half time. I mean, Adam, do you think we 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 were comfortable with that? Was yes, Villa hit the bar. They didn't necessarily create too much, but um, could we have been fortunate to be in that position? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think after that that initial fifteen minute spell was obviously a bit dicey for us. Where, um, yeah, they they hit the bar. Then Watkins had that chance where he squared it when arguably as a yeah, striker you'd be yeah. looking to to put smash your foot through that and give Patricio no chance. So we I felt I felt as if he let us get away with one there as well. And then again then the the the, the cross that come in where Conso wasn't it, in him and hit the bar. Uh, so that was, you know, 15 minutes in. I thought this, this, what's going, what's going on here? I thought we, we could be in for a bit of a, a long night here, but they seemed to fade away after that. Villa did, and the game itself tended to, to drift a little bit. I don't think there was ever really much threat for me this either side after that. Um, so, if we're speak, if if speaking just on the first half now, I, I was happy to go in nil nil, to be honest, because. The aforementioned first half record we've got, plus the fact that we've got away with three chances, I thought we could we could have been three nil down at this point. Um, so nil nil for me, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll arguably I'll, I'll take that. It's not been great, but I'll take it going into the second half. Yeah, I think the one you know re- recurring theme through that first half absolutely was just unforced errors, just yeah. sloppy passing. Giving the ball away, and yeah, you, know, you look. You can you can talk about Nuno all you like, but when it comes down to that kind of stuff, he's not responsible for that. And ultimately, there was just a real lack of quality. Both teams, to be fair, uh, I don't think either team were that great um, when it came to stringing a few passes together. Villa for sure were better in that first half, but going the team, yeah, was the team was quite bad for us, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. like for, for someone of his calibre, it was just five yard passes, just giving it away. Really Couldn't believe my team. eyes. I was going to say, I think with Matinho, he was walking a real fine line with a lot of Wolves fans in terms of performances. I've called him out for it and a load of Wolves fans have. Um, I don't think he played, he's played well for Wolves since Leeds away in October. And then obviously he scored that goal against Arsenal. But you forget how bad he was in the first half against Arsenal. Everyone was calling for him to go off. Scored that goal and it's almost like a bit of a reprieve and you could see he had a bit of a spring back in his step. Like, I'm not being funny. He's, you know, still the best Wolves player in our lifetime I've ever seen for that 18 months, two years spell when we first got in. But I just catching up with him. You can't rely on Jan Matinho to be in the engine room for Wolverhampton Wanderers at 34. Like he just hasn't got the legs for it anymore. And him and Neves, and again, it's just too similar, isn't it? And that's the that's lies the problem as well. We haven't got enough mobility and. Uh, when it comes to joining attacks, I know Nevers has been doing it a bit more recently and getting on the end of a few crosses, but yeah, we we need two of them. Like, you know, we need two of them. And I still don't think it's Neves' natural game. That seems stupid to say when he's scored five goals. This, you know what I mean? We always said that it's Dendonka plus one, didn't we, in midfield? And yet yeah. now, you know, Dendonka's found himself in defence where 
if if we're, we're I think we all on this fan cast we all rate Dendonka really, but we also surely must appreciate that he's struggling a bit mm. in defence at the moment. But also maybe caveated by knowing that it's not his favourite position. So maybe you know. <laughs> Again, we, we talk about Neves Moutinho being too similar. Should we now just go back to having Dendonka back in midfield again with Neves, you know, ideally, and then hopefully Bolly is fit, he he will go back in, ideally. That's what I think would be the sensible option. But I'll feel I'll feel free to be corrected on that. My only problem with it at the minute is I'm a big fan of Dendonka as well. I think he's been really poor this season, like for. I can't remember his last good game. And, you know, I think he's a very good player, very underrated, hard-working midfielder. Look, he's not a box-to-box midfielder who's going to get you 10, 12 goals a season, but he's never been that. Um, but his industry and his, you know, he's got the ability to be that number six, that typical number six for us who can basically shut all in front of the defence, screen everything, break up, break it up and give it to the better ball players. Um, and that's where I think his position is. And, we have. I don't think we've ever played him in that sort of role. No, I don't think we've ever seen him in his not best position. No. no, he's not. He's not. A, you know, he's not a ten. You know, we were playing three five two. Like he was ultimately, he was the furthest mid advanced mid. He's not a ten. Like, like we're not. We haven't utilised him to his best positions. And I think that I won't be surprised if he was gone in the summer because I'm starting to feel like it's just not working for both parties. And that's a real shame because he's a good player, but. I can see him being one of the ones out the door in the summer. Yeah, I think I think he's almost it's the negative aspect of being a versatile utility man, isn't it? That he is a bit of a jack of all trades. He probably argue his best position is that defensive midfield, like you say, Shuttler, bit of an anchor in front, but we don't play that formation. And there's been times I think today he wasn't great, but I wouldn't say this as much. But there's often times when he plays in defence and it feels like he's a midfielder playing in defence. And this season when he's played in midfield, he, he looks like a defender playing in midfield when he gets forward. Um, I think with the midfield, the, the big, you know, the big worry for me is that, you know, look, Martino hasn't been great to his, you know, high standards this season. There's literally nobody in this squad who we can just go, okay, set out for five games. We've got an adequate replacement. We've got three centre midfielders. We've yeah. got Martinho, yeah. Neves and Dendonka, one of which plays in the back three on a regular basis. Neves is has been sort of the most consistent throughout them. And you've got Martinho who's 34. You know, it doesn't feel like Vitinha's knocking the door down to be in that midfield. Gibbs White, you, again, you've got the same issue. It, for what is probably the position where you cover the most ground on the pitch, the fact that we have two and a half players who can play three in those positions is 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 really worrying. And you know, you said yeah. at the start that we've not had a um, you know a solid transfer window. Um, what five five tra- five windows? Uh, I would, I'd, I'd argue since that first one when we come up where we got Patricio Martino. Jimenez, Jimenez yeah. we don't buy, we don't have a window where we buy in three or four players to strengthen that eleven or that, like say yeah. Nuno sixteen, like because that's what he relies on, right? Yeah. Like we, we haven't done that. Like you know, again, I'm adamant that he wants to play four two three one, and I think that is the future of this team. We haven't got the centre half for it for one, and so, 
just, just kind of hold hold that thought because I do want to get onto the squad depth um, yeah. in the second half in in terms of you know the use of substitutions as well. But if if we move on to the second half of the game, um, again as is the way with, with us, there there is a distinct improvement in the way we play. Um, now chances. Um, some very, very glaring ones. Uh, we'll we'll start with the Cody Sace kind of double M that somehow they both contrived to miss. Um, Pricey, what would you have put that one away? Which one? Which one are you fancy yourself on? Now I've never been the fantastic head with the ball, but <laughs> I think Cody. I think Cody should be burying that. To be honest, I really do. I, I don't think Sage should even have the opportunity for his miss. If I'm honest, I thought. When it happened in real time, I just thought like he'd headed it straight at Martinez and he'd made the save and he fell to Sace. I didn't realise that he'd beat Martinez, but not the post, and he'd come back out to Sace. Um, so the Sace miss is bad. As as you see back in um, the replay, you can see he's not really set himself. He's not expecting it. He's not ready for it. Hence why... It's just his wrong leg that he's thrashed out at it and he just gets completely underneath the bottom of the ball and it's gone skyward rather than forward, mainly. But for me, I think it's... I think Cody's was the chance. Cody should be putting that away, to be honest. Um, he's actually... He's, since he's played for England, I don't know if this is something that Southgate's identified, but he's proved himself a bit of a goal threat from set pieces, Cody, and something that we haven't tapped into since he started playing for England. But um, he's, he's starting to get on quite a lot of set piece um at ends of it's starting to get on a lot at the end of our set pieces a lot um recent recently and obviously Man City another prime example. But I think he should be burying it. I really should be, I mean we, I mean I know we can talk about Saces, you know, and say that's the more, that's the more criminal mix and, and, it, and it is, but the fact is take it back another step. He shouldn't that shouldn't even happen yeah. for me. So I mean, should be breaking the neck with that either. Whisper it, whisper it quietly, but it was a short corner, by the way, um, if people hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> that absolute forbidden uh, method of attack that, uh, you know, nobody will have. Um, Rich, how much grief should we be giving Sace for that miss? Um, as as Pricey said, he, Sace will turn around on Monday and say, well, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had to, been in the position to. Um, so we put it on Cody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, it, it's it, it was poor by Sason, considering unlike Cody, he's shown himself to be a threat in front of goal. He, he's had a knack for the last couple of seasons of popping up with a goal here and there. Um, and to be fair, saying that, pretty much all the defenders at Wolves, you know, over Nuno's time, have had a, a healthy knack. You look at Doherty; would often spring up in. That, you know, find himself in a bit of space at the far post and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's been interesting to sort of see um, the defenders kind of, whether it's by luck or what they work on in training, I don't know. But, yeah, um, especially when you think about it, we level it as a criticism uh, more often than not. But, you know, that back three today for all midfielders by trade or you know they, they've all played they're all relatively comfortable on the ball they should good technique etc um and then to fluff your lines like that was a bit tricky but there's no excuses is there if, if we're going to be really blunt that's the, di- the difference between Wolves la- even last season 
we'd have played with that tempo, um, particularly in the first half, and we'd have grind, grinded out a result. Last season, that's in the back of the net, and we go home with a 1-0 win, and we work out how we're going to you know, play the next Europa League game. The difference with this season is that we just don't seem to be clinical on You know, it's almost like Jimenez, when he was there, he made everyone else more clinical, regardless of whether he was involved in it. Now he's not there. They almost don't quite know how to score without him in a way. Yeah. I mean, George, if if you have a look at it, um, we're actually quite decent offset pieces in terms of the proportion of our goals that we score um quite high um from us now we don't score a lot of goals full stop so whether that's actually a good statistic to use as a barometer for our quality of set pieces is another thing but um it seems to be the best way forward for us at the moment yeah because we don't create fuck all in open play do we so that's the truth i'm glad you said that no no it's the the truth isn't it well, you know, I can't remember. Um, well, look, say I can't remember. We didn't create an open, a, a, you know, a chance in open play today. We didn't against Man City, and I appreciate Man City are a different animal beast. Let's forget about that. But still, so it's 180 minutes of football where we haven't made a goalkeeper make a save in open play, and it's really alarming for me. And uh, again, is it system? Tactics, players, manager, you know, who, who like who, maybe it's a mix of all of them. It, I just think that something's got to change. And I think now, look, we're not going down, are we? There's no chance of that happening now because of the points of the mast. Nuno needs to just put his uh, neck on the line and go, right, if it is, he wants to play 4 2 3 1 or whatever formation, whatever style of play, if he wants to play this progressive possession based football. This is what he wants to play moving forward. Let's just treat this as pre-season now. Or let's just say, right, draw a line in the sand. This is what I want to play moving forward. This is how we're going. And granted, we'll probably get a few drubbings along the way because if we go to a back four, we know we haven't got centre-halves. But if that's what the future of this team is, let's learn it, let's develop it. Let's you know Because if we come eighth or 17th now, does it matter? And I know, I know, and I know, I'm throwing that out there, but does it really matter? Like, let, let's just experiment. Let's just try work out what the best way forward is for this team. Get the right players in, and just evolve it from there. I don't know what you lot think about. I that. think you'll have to you'll have to ask Boson and uh, what the bank balance um, would would say about us finishing eighth or seventeenth. To be honest, but that's a new, that's a new strike, isn't it? You make a say, you make a sound point. You make an absolutely sound point. Um, again, going back to the chances miss again another one that's kind of come off a set piece but have we been foiled by Emmy Martinez twice this season now um you know with could, could we be talking about six points from Villa if it hadn't been for him Rich I mean I think we all when that um, when that save uh, happened I think pretty much everyone in the fan cast just thought oh god what's Stu's gonna what's Stu's reaction gonna be <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think anyone's like that doesn't particularly rate him. He's obviously had a great season. He's clearly a good shot stopper. Um, again, it's that it's those fine margins for me. Um, and thinking about it, you know, he's made a big save there. That's uh, you know, xg wise, that's you know that that's that 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 should be a goal any day of the week sort of thing. 
and it kind of made me think, well, Patricio didn't have to do any of those today. And I thought that that was the difference for me. And Villa had the first half, per se. They had the bar a couple of times. And I think, you know, the Watkins one, uh, the commentary was weird for me because I thought it was almost a little over-exaggerated. Like, you know, it's, it's a good hit and he's got, a, you know, a dip on it. I said, ah, oh, Patricio's knowing it. I was like, no, he, he is. But, like, it... it I didn't think it was like a huge chance for console one he should be burying. But I thought after that, Patricio has not had an awful lot to do. And I thought, nothing. Yeah. Nothing to do. No it, shots it, on target from Villa. I yeah. think I think it's I think it says a lot that in the entirety of the game, all the chances have fallen centre backs um for both sides. Yeah. And it says a lot about the quality of both teams. Um is it simplistic to say that that game with Grealish and Jimenez playing for both teams is a very different one. Price, what do you think? <laughs> probably it's better. Probably better for Villa with Grealish. My, my concern with us, we have Jimenez up front right now. With how we are struggling to create things from open play, what I'm thinking, what difference it's going to make for us right now because. I watch, I watch, I watch today because I mean we've got we had a weather question on on the Twitter actually about from Ruby Wolves saying just give me a genuine opinion of of Jose, and I'm struggling with it because if if he was up front or Jimenez mm-hmm. was up front for us, and we create what we're creating, um, what's the difference at the minute because we're not creating anything from open play, and I'm looking at, at willing Jose and I think sometimes you must think why why am I here. Because he's not getting it, he's not getting anything. I know we've said before, you know, we've I've saw comments online and, and, and amongst ourselves on the chat group, you know, he's not the most quick, mobile centre forward. He doesn't make the runs that Jimenez does. But likewise, you know, he's not getting anything towards him whatsoever. With yeah. not Traore for all his attributes, is and you know, his his output stats are there to see. He's not doing anything for us at the minute right now. He's not creating He's not, he's not getting any real creative chances to our to to our, to, to our centre forward. Neto is doing better, obviously. He's it seems to be that you know again it's all on Neto to create something. But I'm just thinking at the moment with with the way that we're playing. If Jimenez was up front, I, I really struggle to see where the underlying difference would be. I I, I always find that it's um, it's interesting to read into kind of. The- Body language of the players because you know football a football pitch is very raw emotions you know you can't really hide how you're feeling um Pedro Neto being the perfect example of that I think sometimes he has a bit of petulance about him when the things aren't going his way and you, you notice certain parts of his behavior and whenever Jose gets subbed Jordan I always have a look to see kind of what 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 his facial expression is and and you know how he's feeling about things because it, it's it's an inevitable substitution that's being made at the moment. There's lots of talk, obviously, in the Wolves fan base whether he should actually be starting over Silver full stop. Um, so, how do you how do you think he's feeling about this at the moment? Just defeated, didn't he? Like, I think um, <clears throat> you know, for me, the way I look at it is, and again, I've put you know, I've got a tweet out there, and you know, it's getting I'm getting pelters from, and I'm getting some. Yeah, you're right, but. For me, there's a player we've brought in who last summer, well, sorry, last January, Tottenham wanted him. 
Barcelona wanted him. Look at his record at Real Sociedad. He's got, I think he's got, what it's one in three. I think he's played 157 games and got 53 goals, which is a good output for a striker. He's got five and five against Barcelona. He's not a bad, so what I'm trying to say is he's not a bad player. He's coveted by some very good teams. We brought him to Wolverhampton Wanderers and it isn't working. And that could just be player system. Um, for me, you know, it's just a thankless task. Like I said earlier, we're creating absolutely nothing. Nothing. You could put anyone... Oh, okay. And again, maybe a bit tongue-in-cheek. If you even put like someone like Erling Haaland up front for us right now with what we're creating, he wouldn't get any more than 12 goals a season. He wouldn't. Not in this system, the way we're playing at the moment. And Wolves fans have had it... We've had it lucky, the fact of Raul's come to Wolves. And again, Raul was a bit part player at Benfica, Atletico Madrid. to come to Wolves. And he's become a world-class player. He's finishing second to none. And, you know, he puts in a chance every one in what one in two, one in three. And uh, that's what we've been spoilt with. He's very, you know, he's got everything about him that fits our system. William Jose was brought into Wolves at a time where we were playing 4-2-3-1. And I thought Palace away when he played, I thought he was good at Palace away. Arsenal at home, he won the penalty and got Luis sent off. And I thought he was very good then as well. And then we reverted back to change into our system and style where, look, he's not mobile. And that, we haven't brought him to be mobile. We knew we knew what his attributes were when we signed him. Um, we've changed the formation and system. And if you look at that spine of our team, let's just say, so the pace in the middle of our team right now, we've got Jose up top, Neves, Moutinho, Connor Cody. Well, forget about Patricio, don't sprint. But what I'm trying to say is that that spine of the team us four could give them all a sprint over 100 metres, and I reckon we'd beat a couple of them. That's just the truth. Like, <laughs> gen- genuinely, I do think that. I do think that's true. Like, we've just we're so immobile in the spine of the team, and that's not William Jose's fault. That's another point that we need to address in the summer to go right. We need a bit of. We're just mi- missing so much energy and dynamism, and we've been spoiled by Raúl. Do I think William Jose? Do you think we should sign William Jose? Absolutely not. Do I think William Jose is a bad player? Absolutely not. I think he'd flourish elsewhere. And at mm. Sociedad last year, he was playing in a 4-2-3-1 with Odegaard feeding him. He was at Arsenal. This year, David Silva. And that, that sort of, you know what I mean? And he's, put, he's scoring goals. Yeah. So, it's not he don't all of a sudden become a bad player overnight for me. I'm sorry. You just don't. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of wrap up towards the end of this conversation in terms of the middle game, because I don't think we want to dwell on it too long, but... We've got we've had another fixture where all three results have been play been in play up until the end of the in the last minute really you know we could have won this game one nil we could have lost it one nil it's ended up being nil nil um, this is the Nuno way kind of playing on those fine margins um, Adam how how long do you think he can actually sustain this way of being. <laughs> I don't think it is a sustainable way of playing, to be honest. Absolutely not. And I don't think... It, I, I, I would like for someone to give me some good arguments as to why it is or why it would be a sustainable way. We've talked about this before in the past where we're giving ourselves just one one half of football to win a game the way that we're playing. And as I said before, we've we've kind of... We kind of got away with it up until this season, where we've 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 had the players, we've had the system to pull the second half out of the bag, and you know the, the results are there to see. 
this season, I know circumstances are different. The team is different. Um, it's not. It's not working. Really, it's really not. It's really not working. And it's and also we've lost a bit of. We've lost a bit. We we used to be like last season. We used to be people's second favorite team. You know, because of the way we played. We had a bit of a pizzazz, pizzazz, panache, panache, ganache about us, about our team. You know, there, used, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there used to be something interesting about us. And this season, I just thought that it's, it's lost this season. And now you, you've, you've saw the comment, you know, the, the general trend of people's opinions have changed against Wolves to say that we're just dull now to watch. Yeah. And yeah. I find it's, I struggled to, to, to disagree with it, to be honest. So we've got, so today, prime example, a derby game. It should be blood and thunder. It should be high pack. Should be energetic. Should be frenetic. Not it was none of those things. Maybe the first again. Villa had their 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 rapid first fifteen minutes, but after that, there was just nothing going on at all. I and think- certainly from their point of view, I struggle to see where you know what what is their what is their blueprint at the moment for us. I'm struggling to see to see what it is. I mean, again, we, again, as George said, a bit retreading over Rolls Brown. Don't want to go over what he's you know this, this transition, what he's trying to achieve and stuff. But right now, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite sure when the Wolves game kicks off. I'm not quite sure what I'm expecting to see at the minute, other than safe, I, I safe think, football. You know, I think part part of it is is Nick. I, I'll, I'll take it back to, to something Nuno said in, in in his own interviews previously, where. He's always striving for perfection. I'm sure we've all heard it before where he's used this, you know, we, we look for perfection knowing that it doesn't exist. And he's, he's, he's used that, you know, massively mystical saying, <laughs> like as if, you know, we should all be like hanging off the every single word. But when you actually analyse that, right, what's the perfect game of football? The perfect game of football is nil-nil, Right because there are no mistakes made whatsoever, unless someone scores an absolute worldie that nobody can do anything about. You know, no goalkeeper can save it, no defence can stop it. Maybe a 1-0 is the perfect game of football then, right? If you're you're striving to achieve something like that, then I'm sorry. That's not... That's that's just not (laughs) realistic, is it? It's just not. You know, all this zen kind of, you know, persona that, that Nuno gives off. I'm, I'm, this isn't this isn't some kind of social experiment for you, Nuno. This is actually, you know, trying to make a, a, a successful football team, and you've done it for a certain period of time. But I'm sorry, we've been found out. There's no way we can keep playing this way and, and expect to be successful. Um, and I mean, on that note, John, was there anyone who comes out with a lot of credit today for their performance? Do you think um, any particular man of the match for you? Like that, that just sign because I, no one's no one for me stood out really. I thought we were, you know, there's a lot of sixes and fives to be honest with you, all across the pitch. Um, if I had to give anyone a my man of the match, it'd be Samado for me. I thought he was brilliant again, like, seems to be, you know, he seems to just be getting better and better for me. And yeah, okay, Man City, yeah, he played, he, he played them on side for the second goal, but. His general overall play he just seems to be getting better and better. And he seems to be growing in confidence. And I think that we have got a real player on our hands there. And again, he's someone who I think would see the best, the best Nelson Tomato is going to be on a team that has 
a lot of possession and a lot of attacking free-flowing football. That's where you're going to see him flourish because he's going to be 15, 20 yards further at the pitch, overlapping, putting balls in. He's got electric pace. Um, we're probably not suited to him at the moment uh, in terms of that style, but I do think that, you know, there is a player in there. And so just to revert back to your last point for me when we talk about, I guess, football and what Nuno's trying to strive to achieve, not without sounding like one of these... We're all sat by him at Molyneux, get the, get it in the shitter, all that bollocks. You don't want to hear that. It's not about that. But football's about percentages as well, isn't it? That's why XG's there. And, you know, ultimately, we we don't score enough goals or win enough football games this season because we don't play in the right areas of the football pitch enough times. It's as simple as that for me. We're too safe. Like I say, we're not pragmatic anymore. I think we're negative. And that's the mindset that's got to change. I don't mind pragmatism as long as you're winning football games. But like Price said, like, I, I just, it's just safe. Every time, we, you know, other than it being safe when you turn on the TV to watch Wolves at the moment, you know, that's the only guarantee at the moment. Like last season, you go in, you know, Man City, we did the double against them. Anyone in world football, I'd fancy to do something. Even Liverpool last mm. season when running away with the league. Anfield, we went there thinking, you know what, we can get something here at the home. We were so unlucky not to pick anything up against Liverpool in those two games when they were phenomenal. This season, I fear that every team we play, I just feel like we're going to... I, I struggle to find us getting a positive result before a game. And that's, we need um we need like we need like Warnock in our dressing room, don't we? You gotta fucking die to get three points. That's the shame for me. And when you said about the the you know the uh, everyone's second team, everyone now calls us spoke. Spoke. Everyone calls us spoke. <laughs> Portuguese Portuguese purists, all that sort of stuff. That's not. We don't want to, we don't want those analogies with us. But when when I'm getting shit thrown at me from my Albion mates, Villa, whoever. Saying, oh, you're just a new Stoke. I can't disagree with it this year. And that's the, that's where I'm like, yeah, you know what? We are pretty boring, actually. And you know, I think you, you find, generally speaking, that a lot of the big teams um, rate us and they think we're good because we seem to play quite well against them. But a lot of the poorer teams think we're absolute shite. My Newcastle, my cousins from Newcastle, they think we're awful because we just draw with them every single time we play them. Um, and what's, what's the more realistic judge, judgment there, really? You can turn up against your top six, you know, eight, ten times a season. But realistically, when you're playing the rest of the 14, that's where your bread and butter is. That's where you get your, your league season is judged. The results mm. against those teams, and they're not good enough. Um, and, and at the moment, Nuno is he's asking his defence to be perfect at the back and not concede a chance. And he's asking miracles from his forward line. And that is way too much to ask of anybody. Um, but on that note, I think we're going to, wrap it up for the Villa game um, we'll take a break there guys and after this we've got a nice little gimme to get ourselves back on track against Liverpool Welcome back to the second part, guys, and uh, we're going to look ahead to the Liverpool fixture um, back at home um, for a game against a team who uh, are seemingly off the rails. And um, I guess if you've listened to the rest of this podcast, maybe, you know, we, maybe they're kindred spirits. Uh, 
and because we're only giving us giving Wolves fans the best idea of, of the way the club is at the moment. But um, Richard, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, now we know Liverpool haven't had the best time of it recently, um, but. If there's one thing Wolves have done this season, it's given teams that are in a rut um, a reason to, to to kind of be optimistic. Uh, do, do, are, are we being are we playing them at a good time for them? Do you think? <laughs> you know, I don't think Liverpool could play us at a better time. We've given apart this year aside, I don't think we've ever kind of not held ourselves really strongly against um, Villa. Uh, sorry, against Liverpool. Um, but given how we're playing now, uh, you know, uh, they, they will be more than happy if they can play us at this point, putting in the performances we've been putting at the moment. Because, you know, if, if they turn it on to even 56% of what they're capable of, I think, you know, that they'll pick holes in, you know, our relatively flawed system at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean... Years gone by, I'd have been very optimistic about this game. Um, and like I say, we've we've given them a run for their money on occasions. The, the game against um, the pull at home last season, amazing atmosphere, played really, really well, scored an incredible goal um, as well. And you just felt for that 10, 15 minute period that we could have got a second um, before Bobby Firmino decided to break our hearts a little bit on that one. But Liverpool fans, I think, like many of you know Man City fans last week, were never comfortable with playing Wolves. And I, I remember the conversation with I had with um, a podcast pretty much on on that one. They weren't happy, you know, going into that game just because they didn't think that we're we're a dangerous proposition. But things have changed clearly. And I want to touch on the lack of depth slash lack of use of substitutions that that Nuno has has, has kind of made a, a bit of a way of being at the moment. Price, he, he obviously seems to think that Silva and Jose is, is, is an option for us. But beyond that, um, do you see... I'm, I'm sure you're not expecting changes to the lineup, but do you see anybody else actually having an impact on this team? Well, I mean, it was just the one sub today, wasn't it, wasn't it for us? Fabio Silva coming on. And I'm yeah. looking at the bench. Uh, our... Yeah, bench minus one empty space on it, and I just think, what's what can he change really? Because he doesn't seem to trust any anyone that's on that's on our bench. I mean, Hoover got has got a few games recently. I ignore he's dropped out the picture because Johnny's come back. Who, to be fair, you know, I thought he was quite lively. He had had a good, a really good game today. He's obviously back to full fitness now, so you, I can't see obviously Johnny won't get dropped at all. We've already mentioned Bettinia. He, he's, he's not been trusted all season, has he? To be honest, he's not. He's not got any run of games at all. He's, he's got a token few minutes. Um, in short, no. There's gonna, I don't think there'll be any changes whatsoever because he's, he's quite clearly shown he doesn't trust anyone he's got on his bench. The, or, sadly enough, the only options that we have off our bench he's in defence <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only reason where, where our options come from does he play Kilman does he play Bolly or does does one does, does he change the full backs uh, the wing backs so well, yeah and, and to be honest I mean those love Johnny to bits brilliant footballer we've missed him dearly um, but I always remember there was always a conversation about the fact that 
he often struggles um, in attacking areas and he isn't necessarily that productive. And I think there were a couple of times in the game today where against Villa, he, he, he got into decent positions, but it just seemed to not really make the most of them. Um, Jordan, I don't know if you agree, but we, we always talked about Vinagra being that attacking options against certain teams and, and, and you know, making them interchangeable. But is there a case for maybe having a, an impact for at least half an hour in a game? Um, yeah, there is. There is. Uh, for me, like Johnny's, um, you know, wax lyrical about him in terms of what I think of, he, of him as a footballer. But that is always going to be his, his, his con, I guess, that he's a, his attacking output isn't, you know, let's face it, last year, well, the last couple of seasons against Doherty's output, attacking wise, chalk and cheese, really. And again, I'm not saying about overall player. Don't, I'm not even getting into that debate because there's only one winner, but still. Um, yeah, so he can struggle a little bit when it comes to output, but for me, yeah, we've I don't know how you solve that problem really because I think Johnny's pretty much undroppable. He's just that good. But you know, if if you offered me the the uh, eight Marie of Crystal Palace as an attacking option to come on for like twenty minutes, half hour to sort of try and change the game, that is an attacking option which only can help us. If you know what I mean, sort of, but. It seemed like Aitnery had that game against uh, Palace. He'd been in the country for, what, four days, scored a goal, man of the match, and then he got Nuno'd. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, safe, pass the ball five yards inside, a cut back in. That Aitnery against Palace, if anyone went back to watch a game, he looked like a reincarnation of Roberto Carlos. Like, it was just bombing. It was great to watch. And, uh, yeah, the shackles were put on. And, again, it's that safe nature of Wolves and I think that again I don't think we'll end up buying him but I wouldn't be surprised if he went on somewhere and looked a million dollars it's like a cricketing analogy like Johnny's your like, all-rounder isn't he he's good at defending he's 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 alright he's good good at getting forward but then the other options are Ait Nori who obviously is very very attacking but then Nuno is obviously going to hate the fact that he's going to leave the back door open a lot and then your only other option is Marcel, who he'd be keep... fine leg. Adam, if you're talking about uh, if you're doing fine leg to fine leg, if you're talking about cricket, because he will come get him break his fingers. And... <laughs> yeah, I need I needed someone with more knowledge to continue my cricketing analogy <laughs> on that <laughs> one. To be honest, and then you got Marcel, who's like he's I don't know what what's the cricketing alternative for a croc? <laughs> Basically, he's, he's, he's just a twelfth man, isn't he? That's sorry. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. The, he's, yeah, he's only no night watch or anything like that. He's, <laughs> he's sandwich at lunch. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, Johnny's obviously he's out. He's out. I know he, he can improve in the final third, but he, he probably makes us more defensively resolute, which ultimately is what Nuno wants, isn't it? Otherwise, Vinagre still be here. But this is the point I'm making, though. Like, it, it, it can just be 20 minutes, half an hour in a game as an attacking change that, you know, has you know, when, when we've got Villa on the ropes a little bit, like we did today, you know, just giving you a bit more of an outlet. Um, you know, allowed Troy to tuck in because he got a left foot option, he's going to hold the whip there. Um, but we've got to play the game. So, <laughs> uh, Diogo Jota's back in the squad, obviously, just in time. Um, Rich, how do you think this one's going to go? Because I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, no, I'm going to. I'd, I'd love to sort of say, you know what, it's going to be a, like a nil-nil, a nil-nil. I have heart says like nil-nil, head says two-nil Liverpool. 
Adam, can you give us a bit of hope? See, I think there's an opportunity there for us. I know. Oh, we. I think we all do. But <laughs> there's. I know. I know. We've just like gone up for the last hour and talked about how shit we are and boring and everything like that. But there's some. There's something seriously wrong at Liverpool at the minute. And for once, I'd like to think that we could. We can take advantage. I know there's the the Jota thing, and I know the script. The script is written for like it to be one nil Jota to score, like in the like in the second half. But I'd like to think, just being a little bit positive for a second, I think that, that, that there's a chance here that we, we could sneak a one niller. Liverpool, for some reason, given that their their riches up front, they they can't they like us. They're, they're struggling to create anything at all. Like, Salah's cutting a frustrated figure. So I, something in me just tells me that there's an opportunity there, and I'm going I think we could win this one nil. Yeah, genuinely, I, I genuinely do. I'm not going to say Jose can score anything like that because he needs to have a chance to create for him first. But probably, here we go. Cody's going to score one nil from a set piece. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Imagine that's that. That would be, that'd be that. lovely. He'd love that. To be fair, um, I, I, I admire optimism. My issue being, <laughs> we uh, it's unfounded. <laughs> we, we, we caught we caught Newcastle at a bad time, and then we didn't manage to dispatch them. <laughs> I think I think Burnley before we played them, they'd only scored two goals at home or something up until that point, and then we uh, gave them a nice opportunity to double their double their money, um, as you say. Um, Jordan, come on, mate, give us something. What for the Liverpool game? Yeah. Um, I'd like to. I'd use the analogy: class is permanent, and I'd like to use that for both teams, but. I just think that Jota going back to Liverpool adds a bit more of a dynamism to their attacking prowess. And they're you know, I can't see them keep losing. They're almost too like I know they're in a I know they're in their own ship, but I almost feel like they're they're too good to just keep losing. And well, they're, they're only losing at home, to be fair, at the moment. So um, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the problem, Anfield. I like to call it James Gocroft syndrome. Where like he always turned up at Molyneux and scored against us, and he you get like five goals. Here. I can just see we're that team, aren't we? That just seems to give everyone the springboard historically. And uh, look, I, put it like this: if we play like we have in the first halves against Villa, Man City, Southampton, we can't keep getting as fortunate to be only one one goal down and still be in the game, as it were, for a Nuno. Masterclass second half, you know, team talk that everyone thinks happens. Like we we've got to we've got to you know what they're they're crap at the minute at the back. We've got to take it to them, swing punches with them. If we lose five two, four three, whatever. Like if we sit in against them, they've still got world class players that can hurt us. So can we please, for the love of God, just have a go? That's all I'm asking. I think I think we can we can copy and paste that little clip into next week's pod. Um, as well, to be honest, George, can we please have a go? We've got nothing to play for. Um, the only, the only, the only thing that's had to go on tonight is Stu's wank soccer over Martinez. We're gonna have to introduce like fancast bingo for the, for the for the listeners just so that they can tick off all the little <laughs> the things we're gonna say for the rest of the season because the performances are rinse and repeat, so the podcast might as well be rinse and repeat as well. From there. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not hopeful, but I will go for a positive uh, a prediction, which is a nil-nil with, with Liverpool. Um, that's a positive one. There you go. Nice little board draw for us. Um, to finish up, guys, I'm going to hand over to Rich, or, or is it Jordan? Who, who, am, I, who am I going to? I'll, 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 uh... oh, Jordan's on the ball. He's on the ball. Twitter corner over for you. Yeah, so yeah. So as always, we've got Twitter corner. So I'll dissect some of your wacky questions and also the, the football-related ones. So we'll go for um, a Wolves one first from Lewis Robbins. When Daniel Pudence is back, should he be replacing Adama in the team? Yes or no? Well, I think I think Pudence coming back will give Nuno the confidence and with Bolly back as well to maybe go back to the back four. I think we've seen the under-23s have actually reverted to that now. Um, so maybe that is the way. And, you know, I mean, this is my optimistic hat on again and maybe we're, you know, just thinking, you know, outlandishly here. But, yeah, why not? Because, you know, I think we all believe that that, that could be the route to a bit of salvation. Yeah, yeah playing like... Having the three behind the one, it potentials number ten behind the one, isn't it? That's that's the yeah. that's the future. That's the dream. Because I don't think I really write potentials. That's on record, but I think he's, he's much more productive on behind the striker than he's out on the wings. Where yeah. I feel his his impact is a bit more diluted out there. Yeah, oh, for me, he's not a winger at all. Potentials. I think he's wasted. He's a number ten, and if you're going to play him, you've got to play him in that number ten spot for me. Otherwise. Yeah, he's a great player, but I'd have to sit on the bench for me in this current system. Um, Rich, we've got um, a question for you. Um, Snog, marry, avoid. This is from King Wolf eighty four. He's given us a few options, but I'm just going to go with. <laughs> okay. I love. I love how you said this is a question for you, Rich. Yeah. What's this? <laughs> for you. You seem like the guy who likes to play Snog, marry, avoid, Rich. Um, so <laughs> Snog, marry, avoid. Fabio Silva, William Jose, or Patrick Catrone. Ooh. I think this is in a football sense as well. I don't think you literally need to, but if you want to, that's fine. I was as well. going to say if, if we go <laughs> world. If, if we go if we go just for a footballing sense, that's almost like keep one for a bit, keep one forever, bin off one. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely be keeping Fabio Silva long term, just yep. because you know he does. Fabio more Silva in... is marriage material. You heard it here first. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's for sure. Title sorted. Um, yeah, just I think he's he does more in like ten minutes than Jose does. Uh, in two. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Realise what I've just said. Well, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess you know what I think it'll be Snog Trone, Mary Silver, um, avoid. Jose at the moment. Pricey? I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. I think Jose is that little fling. You think um, he's good for a bit, and then when you realise, actually, this is it's this ain't going to work out, it's going nowhere. You just think, it was good, it was good while we were flirting on Tinder or whatever the, the new, whatever the latest dating app is. Now you, now off you go, mate, jog on. I, th- I think he's he's the one that's bored of us, really. I think he's the one tell- going to be telling us to jog on to the soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think William Jose is going to be saying, it's not you, Nuno, it's me. And he'll be off <laughs> um, So another question from Adam Melia. 
and this is a bad one, bad question, really, because we're not like the hardcore wrestling cast here. But who was better, NWO or DX? So I'll start. I was a big Shawn Michaels fan as a kid, and X Pack and all that, and wrote all that. So I'm I'm DX all the way for me. Anyone got anything? Any counters? Who, who, who were NWO again? I need to refresh. My oh, it's Hollywood Hogan and uh, Scott Hall oh, was it? and Kevin Nash, wasn't it? Oh, it's got to be so, HBK all day. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was never really. I was more of a WWF person, the WWE, especially that the WCW, especially that era. Uh, so I'm all. I was totally DX. I even went on Stag Do dressed up as X Pac the once in Did Liverpool. You? Yeah, yeah. Did you take China with you? <laughs> yeah, you, you only spend one night. Yeah, you, you only spend one night in China. <laughs> Rich, any any anything to add on the wrestling? I chiefly because I'm good mates with Adam. I'm going to go DX just because I think that's who he prefers. Fair enough. No, that's fair. Absolutely fair. Play uh, for the audience. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to throw out. This is maybe first time on the podcast. I'm going to give it back to King Wolf because I think a lot of the football wolves rated stuff we've covered. So King Wolf, whose miss was worse, Roman says today or Chrissy Willumo for Scotland? Was it, was it Willumo as a proper open goal? I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Like, it was. Slip, 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 slip. Remember that comment you in the replays? That Scottish bloke going, "Oh no!" His <laughs> 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 was he. His was less instinctive, wasn't it? He, he, his was bad. That was worse, I think. Yeah. For a striker. For a striker. Oh, for, for a chance that for for a chance was laid on to him that he that he had all season long for us that he was putting away for us. Like he was, I think he, I think he must have already been on 14, 15 goals for us at that point, and this would have just been bread and butter for him. And he's just, I think I remember, I think I remember, it, I think I remember watching it, and he caught it at the back of his heel and. The, the freeze frame got it just as the ball his was rushing past brilliant. the post. His face was just, you yeah, could see brilliant. his face. This is he ruining my himself, season. Yeah. <laughs> this has just wrecked my season now. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, was it, his, it might have been his debut. It might it was very early. Like, he didn't play much after that anyway. Nah. Handful of cats. But I think he came back to Wolves that weekend and scored two or something like that as well. <laughs> you just think, oh, normal service resumed. Clearly, you don't, something up with the water in Scotland. Now, final question from uh, the lady of jewel- the jewelry quarter and the lady of the fan cast, official Smithy. Right, so this is for everyone, and I think this is one where you get judged quite badly. Um, if you're making a cup of tea, Rich, we'll go with you first. Should the milk go in before or after the hot water? Uh, oh, uh, for a cup of tea, water first, then milk. If it's a coffee, which I know isn't the question, I'd go milk first just because otherwise if you pour the kettle straight in if you're just doing instant i know adam's a coffee connoisseur so apologies but it, oh, it, raised. If, if, <laughs> if i'm if i'm just doing an instant coffee then you do milk first so you don't burn the beans it's my little my little Hot tip for the week hot drinker connoisseur pricey let us know what you think uh so for tea uh I can see the follow-up comment here, actually, and I agree. I agree with Dean Mars that any people's hard drives should be checked if they put the milk in first on cups of tea. I mean, if you, uh, you must sicko, have, I think you're you're a proper sicko if you do that for me. Yeah, you're up there. You need to be jailed if you you know if you're going to do this sort of stuff. 
but if you know if you saw these things you can see i think is it somewhere online maybe instagram of this like this american bird who tries to make like english cups of teas or british cups of teas and she just butchers the process completely she puts the milk in first puts cold water in then bungs it in the microwave for a bit and then i don't know but just bung some butter in because she's american because for good measure stirs it all around <laughs> these people need to be. It's just a wind up, mate. It's just a wind up. It's there to, it's there to attract lights. You just click bait in you. <laughs> Gully, what are you saying? You oh, it's, it's 100% water first, tea bag, well, tea bag, water, milk, leave the tea bag in, let it brew, drink it with the tea bag in. Yeah, oh no, I completely agree. And I think there's another question to that, but we're not getting into it about sort of brand a tea bag. That might be another whole podcast idea we've got to talk about coffee and tea but we'll see if we get sponsors on it first before we do it um, to be, i was just twi- going to say as well twinings. i think i think kim kim's got kim's got a big challenge on for most prominent wolves wolves fan with the surname smith on twitter at the moment um big challenge well who's who, who's she challenging who's, who's just, just, just leaving that there just leaving that there for you what's Wendy. what's kim's singing voice like well, maybe that's, that's, that's a way to that's point out. Oh. Maybe yeah. that's it. Get a bit yeah. of you'll never walk alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strangle a cat and then get but, it to see it for you. In perfect time for the uh, Liverpool game. There's your link. Absolutely. And Wendy, we love you, so keep it coming. Friday night sing-off. Yeah, if we get 100 retweets on this podcast, Wendy will be on the next story from the pack. You heard it here first. Yeah, heard it here, exclusive by Rich. <laughs> uh, that's where you get her on the pod. Yeah, get her on the pod. Get Wendy on the pod singing in the gym. Anyway, um, that's where the corner wrapped up. So, um, yeah, you know, thank you once again for for listening. Uh, you know, it's, it wasn't a great game today, but um, you know, we thank you very much for carrying on supporting the podcast. Um, you can find us on all your podcast stations, iTunes, Acasts, that sort of thing, Spotify. Five star reviews go a long way. Um, in the week, you'll be able to see Goodies GTA via YouTube. Um, myself and Dan um, are now doing um, a preview of all the games now with our sponsors at Boyle Sports as well, previewing the, the Liverpool game and telling you where the best odds are and best bets are to look out for that game. Um, and yeah, I suppose everyone just keep, keep safe, keep following the Wolves. It will get better. And uh, we'll see you next time. Can you Cheers. promise that, Gordon? Are you promising uh, that? I can't promise. There's no guarantees with the podcast and there's no terms and conditions. However, I believe it's going to get better. Keep the faith. <laughs> Keep if we the get league. an angry email when we're, we're, we're sitting bottom of the league three months into next season, then you know we're going to trace it back to this podcast now. That's fair enough. Yeah, these views are my own and not those of the Wolves fancast. As George Michael once said, keep the faith and up the Wolves. <laughs>